Hello, everybody, and welcome to the All-American Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carr, joined alongside Justin Carrasso of Sports Illustrated. He is a 76ers insider. Justin, anything you want to say before we get going here today? All right, sounds good. So today we got a little uh, coverage of Justin, how he got his job at Sports Illustrated, and uh, of course he's a Philadelphia 76ers insider, so we're going to be talking about them, um, a lot of the NBA season, what's to come, what's happened so far, and uh, we'll get right into it. So Justin, just to ask you to start off, what kind of inspired you to become a sports insider, sports writer, and um, was there a moment that you knew what you wanted to do, what kind of inspired you to do so? Obviously, just growing up playing sports and watching sports, being around sports, obviously played a key part into me wanting to work in sports. Um, you know, growing up, I was always always wanted to just do what I wanted to do and not, you know, take the normal route of, you know, just working some job that I'm miserable at. So um, I decided to take on the risk of trying to, you know, focus on just covering sports. I started out blogging. Because, um, you know, nowadays that's that's what everyone's one's reading. And uh, so I started covering the Eagles for a blog site. And then um, I just kind of built up a following from that and, you know, really built on the brand of me. I'm covering, you know, a Philly sports team. And obviously Philly fans are diehard and they, you know, really care about their teams. So fortunately, um, I was able to build a following from that. And then... Um, and then Sports Illustrated came along and kind of offered me the opportunity to cover the Sixers, who I was already kind of doing, you know, some Sixers coverage part-time. And uh, I was doing it for a local radio station in South Jersey. So SI came along and they said, you know, hey, if, uh, you know, if you could, could you cover the Sixers full-time? And, you know, you can stop blogging about the Eagles and all that. So at first I was kind of hesitant because I really enjoyed covering football, but then I realized that, you know, basketball is where I belong covering. So, um, so yeah. And then I, I've been on the Sixers beat for, it's going to be two years now. And, um, it's just been great. Yeah. Yeah. That all sounds awesome. And, uh, I mean, Philadelphia, great sports city right now. Sixers are killing it. So, uh, were you always a 76 fan? I know you mentioned you, uh, grew up with the Eagles, but being in Philadelphia, were you always a Sixers fan? That was the team you wanted to cover? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, when I was growing up, they had Allen Iverson. So yeah. I, I think anyone who just watched basketball was was an Allen Iverson fan. So the fact that he was on the team that, you know, I grew up in that city, it was just it was easy to like the Sixers. And then obviously – when the process came around, it wasn't fun to watch, but it was fun to pay attention to. So, yeah, I mean, I, I always was was a fan of the Sixers growing up. Nowadays, I'm I'm a little less biased towards them because obviously, to be professional and to work in sports, you don't want to have a bias. So, I wouldn't say I'm a fan of any team now, but I definitely grew up a Sixers fan. Um, but I, I guess it makes it a little bit easier to cover them because I already knew about the team when I came in to, you know, do coverage for them. But, yeah, yeah I definitely would say I, I grew up Sixers fan. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I know you mentioned Allen Iverson. He was your favorite player growing up. 
what has been the favorite player uh, today to kind of cover? Um, you know, I know they have a few guys, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons in there. Who has been your favorite player to cover so far? obviously an MVP candidate this season. I mean, Philadelphia loves him. Like he's, he is Allen Iverson of this era um, to Philly fans, at least doesn't have the same uh, national fame, but uh, he's definitely Philly fans favorite. So I think he keeps it interesting because obviously, you know, he's so good. He's so talented. Um, But, you know, covering this team, they have a couple of stars. I mean, Ben Simmons is another guy who's, who's fun to cover. He's a, He's a fun player to watch. Um, Tobias Harris is another one. He's not not as big around, you know, on a national stage, but in, in Philly, he's another one that's becoming a fan favorite. So overall, Joel Embiid's probably the top, but, uh, you know, they got a few guys who are, who are fun to cover. Yeah, yeah, and I like how you mentioned Tobias Harris. Um, you know, he's quietly averaging about 20 points per game this season. Uh, very underrated player. And um, my next question here is, what would you give, you know, advice to other, um, you know, kids, uh, guys who want to be in your position covering sports? Because I know I would love to. I'm an aspiring sports broadcaster anywhere in that arena. What advice would you give uh, to maybe look back on your younger self, how you could become a sports insider and writer? Yeah, so I get asked this question a lot. And... I think with today's journalism, I say grind, like do as much work as possible and, you know, really just work to get your name out there and work and work on your personal brand too. Like I have Sports Illustrated attached to me, but I wasn't just, you know, followed because it was Sports Illustrated. I was also followed before that because of what I did at um, the Eagles blog site that I worked at as well. So you know, just consistency is key. I've seen a lot of people try to come into this business and I say it all the time. Everybody wants to be writers until it's time to write. So, you know, every, everyone wants to cover sports for a living, but you have to also, you know, put in a lot of work too. It's not, it's not just covering, you know, it's not just watching a game and then putting out your opinion. You got to really be consistent and really, you know, get content out there. So definitely in today's world where everyone can log on Twitter and get news, so you have to keep up with that and you have to be a part of, you know, reporting and keeping up with, with uh, Twitter news as well. So there's that advice and then um, uh, networking is obviously key. Um, you know, you reached out to me to do this podcast and, you know, that's that's a, a great start for anyone that's trying to, you know, break into the business. You just got to reach out to as much people as possible. Not everyone's going to get back to you and, you know, Oh, it might sting a little bit, but it is what it is. You know, people are busy and, uh, you know, there are people out there that are willing to help others that are trying to break into business, especially if they're younger too. Like, I don't know. I don't know if you know about, um, Shams Charania, yeah. Charania, sorry if I butcher his name, but he started when he was in high school yep. and what he used to do was he used to just, you know, call, cold call, uh, agents and they would get back to him because they're like, oh, this kid, he's trying to break into the business and all that. And now he is what he is. Like he's, you know, one of the biggest news breakers in the, in the industry. So if you get a start when you're younger, which is something I didn't do, I was probably like 22 when I first started. So 
you know, I was a little bit on the older side for, for getting a start. But I mean, if you can get started when you're younger in your teenage, teenage years, then like you're in a good position because people are willing to help. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I think that's great advice. It was a very interesting story about Shams because, you know, we know him today. He's kind of like the Woj now. He gives all the news. He gives all the analysis. And uh, I, I never knew that about him. So that's just so interesting. And uh, I know we talk about favorite player to cover. Has there been a game um, of all time that you've covered or watched or even this season that's been really your favorite um, as a Sixers fan? two games that I can think of off the top of my head this year that were fun. It was the Sixers versus Lakers. Um, it was at the Sixers. The Sixers were the home team and Tobias Harris hit that that uh, game winning shot. Yeah. I forget how much time was left on the clock. It was only a couple seconds left on the clock. But it was like it was that one game where he like established himself like I'm here I'm not that overrated player that everyone thought last year for playing the Lakers. Uh, they had LeBron, they had AD, so there was no excuses. And he came out and they gave him the ball. Usually it goes to Embiid in that situation. They give it to Harris. He hits a tough jump shot and the Sixers win. And I think that was the moment where everyone was saying like, oh man, he might be the real deal this year. So I think for me personally, I like, I like seeing, you know, Harris is, you know, coming out in Philly, like showing everybody that he deserves that max contract. So that was a game that was good. And then um, I guess I guess the Utah game, too, before the All-Star break, yeah. the Sixers played the Jazz and it went into overtime. And, uh, you know, a few complaints saying that the refs kind of gave the Sixers that game. But, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, those are, those are two games that come off the top of my head right away. Yeah, yeah. And I, I saw the other game. Uh, the other night where Embiid threw the full court shot and that nearly went in. I think that would have been one of the games of the year. Yeah, that yeah, that was awesome. I mean, just it, it's so funny, like just hearing like the disappointment after it yeah. had like it just almost goes in. It was nuts. And seeing the screenshot, I mean, it it looked good. I guess he just yeah, he had too much power on it, going you know throwing it one handed like that. But yeah, that was crazy. That would have been. I mean, they, they had no business even being that close in that game, to be honest, but, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, that was cr- – I mean, I, it was – you saw, you mentioned the screenshot. It looked like it was literally in the basket and then somehow rimmed out. That was absolutely crazy. And um, my next question about the Sixers, I you know, I know they're a top seed right now in the Eastern Conference. You got the Nets right behind them. Uh, you got the Lakers in the West. Do you think this team – with all its star power, is championship ready? I think so, for sure. Um, uh, like you said, are they, you know, if they're healthy, <laughs> then yeah, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, it, it's a weird season, you know. You can't you can't count on everybody to, to be available. And I actually always say this about Brooklyn, because obviously, you know, Sixers were in first place for a long time, and they still are. Brooklyn's right behind them. Everyone still views Brooklyn as the championship ready team coming out of the East. And it makes sense because of the star power and they have Kyrie, someone who's won the finals before they have KD, someone who's won the finals before. So it definitely makes sense why people think that Brooklyn is that team to beat. But then I always say, is Brooklyn going to be healthy? Are, you know, are they going to have all their guys available? You see James Harden just suffered another setback. KD's kind of in and out all the time. Kyrie's 
in and out all the time. So I don't think that they'll have issues chemistry wise. I think that, you know, they had their summertime practices where they weren't on the same team, but you know, they got chemistry, right. And, um, I I think they'll be fine if they're healthy, but you know, are they going to be healthy? So I think the Sixers, that's something that they can take advantage of if, you know, these two teams, do meet in the Eastern Eastern Conference Finals. I'd almost be more worried about other teams that people are sleeping on, like the Boston Celtics. They're not as good this year, but if they crack the playoffs and they play the Sixers, history isn't on Philly's side. So, and then, you know, you could say the same for Miami, too. If, you know, if Miami gets hot again like they did last season, then, you know, that, that could be another team that gives the Sixers trouble. So I think this year it's, it's hard to assume – who's going to really, you know, get hot in the playoffs and come out on top because everyone's just dealing with so many injuries and crazy schedules and all that. But I think to go back to your original question, are the Sixers championship ready? I think so. I think, you know, they have Joel Embiid, who's an MVP caliber player, Ben Simmons, defensive player of the year caliber. Then you have Tobias, who's I thought was an all-star, but borderline all-star. Either way, looks like a star. And then, you know, they have other pieces around them that can get hot, Danny Green, Seth Curry. So, yeah, I, I think they have the tools to make a run. It just all comes down to, you know, who's healthy on their team and who's healthy on their opponent's team. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with you. And uh, I like how you pointed out my Boston Celtics. I'm a Boston fan. Um, so I think they can make a run. I, I, I agree with you. I think the Sixers are a complete team. Um, I think Brooklyn, yeah, they're shaky, you know, um, they haven't been healthy. We'll see. It, it's tough to really, you know, kind of have that, you know, awkward regular season and then put full on effort in the playoffs. I don't know if they can do that. Um, I think the Lakers look good. They're probably going to be a tough competition if they can make it that far, but definitely. And I know you mentioned Embiid, the MVP, Simmons, defense player of the year. That's my last question here for you. Do you think those guys are going to win MVP, going to win Defense Player of the Year when it comes time to announce it? Uh, I'll start with the first one, or I'll start with the second one, Defensive Player of the Year. I think, personally, Ben Simmons is Defensive Player of the Year. Um, you know, I, I don't think I have to pine for him anymore. He's going to do it himself. He said it in late time that uh, he can guard one through five. It's true. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's, he's down to guard the best player, uh, that he's going against. So, and and I think you know for big for big men like Rudy Gobert, he's a rim stopper. He's not going to guard you know other players on the court. And you know that's not to take away from his defense. He's an excellent defender. Yeah. But uh, you know it's really hard to guard on the perimeter. Like it's very difficult. And Simmons will I, w- I wouldn't say shut down players because stars are going to get their points regardless. But he'll, you know, contain them really well, give them a hard time. And, uh, you know, I, I think that he should lock in Defensive Player of the Year. Now when we're talking MVP, uh, it's another big debate. And I think that Joel, when healthy, is the best player. The unfortunate part is he wasn't healthy enough this season. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily like the whole availability thing playing into it because you know when he's healthy he's obviously super dominant but I get it and I understand that that will probably hold Joel and be back from winning MVP because you know Jokic is first of all he's a phenomenal player second he's you know been available for his team so 
I think that that plays a part into it. And I also think that the fact that when Joel was out, the Sixers didn't, you know, collapse or anything. They still, they still won games. They still stayed at the top. So I think that kind of makes him look less valuable. Yeah. And I don't mean that saying, you know, he's not available, a valuable player. It's just his team can still win without him. So I think that that's kind of a bad look for him in, in the MVP conversation. But in terms of, you know, in my opinion, I would obviously like to see him win it because I think, you know, he was just super dominant this whole season. But again, it, it comes down to being healthy. And I think when it comes to the voting, everyone's going to give it to Jokic and said, well, you know, he was he's available all season long. So it's unfortunate, but that that's what it comes down to. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I'm, I'm probably going to be coming out with my MVP uh, hierarchy today or tomorrow. So Embiid's definitely going to be up there. But like you said, availability might hurt him in the voting. Um, but yeah, I mean, my pick, I, I'd probably have to say Jokic. But yeah, I agree with you. If Embiid, you know, he's healthy this entire season, I think he's probably number one. I like the Simmons pick as a Boston Celtics fan. It pains me to say, but he is probably the defensive player of the year. And, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think we'll see uh, what Boston Celtics can do in the playoffs. Um, hopefully they meet up with the Sixers. We'll see how that turns out. But, Justin, I just want to say here before we go, it was great having you on. And uh, hopefully we can do this again sometime soon. Yeah, for sure, man. Just let me know. Thank you for having me on. And thanks to everybody for listening. Yeah, thank you. That was the All-American Sports Podcast. New episodes come out every week. And uh, we'll see you next week.